Hello, hello. We are back with Tâm sự với Tám, the Vietnamese podcast uh, powered by Georgia Asian Times. This is our first podcast of 2024. Um, cái này là cái podcast đầu tiên của Tâm sự với Tám với Amy. Um, đầu tiên của năm 2024. Thì năm nay, um, đầu tiên là Amy muốn chúc mọi người một năm phát tài, phát đạt, vui vẻ, hạnh, đầy hạnh phúc. Um, và đầu tiên năm nay thì mình cũng muốn bắt đầu với một bạn trẻ um, rất rất là trẻ so to start the year I want to wish everybody a great year to start with and our lunar new year is coming up soon but to start the year I want to start with a very young young man um, that I got the privilege to know last year um, 20 years old but he seems to have his head on his shoulders, knowing how to balance life, work, and being a young entrepreneur. So I just want to go ahead and dive in to introducing my first guest of 2024, Andrew Tran. Hello, everyone. Hi, Andrew. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I can sit here and talk all day about you, but I'd rather you just... Tell us. Sure thing. Um, so my name is Andrew. I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I was born and raised in Clarkston, moved to Stone Mountain, and now I'm in Decatur. Uh, 20 years old, like you said, I go to GSU for CAS, studying cybersecurity, and I'm a local realtor for LATEP. All right. That's awesome. So one of the things, it's kind of sidetracked a little bit. Um, so you know how a lot of time Vietnamese families, right? They're right. so focused on you have to go to a good school. But I remember your stories that you didn't go to a good school. Mm -hmm. But how did you get through all of that and going, you know, just keep your head straight and just move on and just going through schools and be where you're at right now? So uh, I would admit I'm not very book smart. You know, I'm just surviving with A's and B's. And, you know, it, it does it is a little demoralizing when I can't get those straight A's and my dad is asking for a 4.0 and this and that. But. Being raised by my dad, he is not also like a book smart person. He is very handy and very knowledgeable in what he is an expertise on. So that kind of rubbed off on me. You know, I know I'm not good at math or science, so I got to be good at something else. Mm -hmm. um, so that mindset kept me going regardless of how school goes. You know, I always find something else outside of school to be good at. So you just got to find something you're good at and not right. necessarily be a book smart person. Right, right. Okay, that, that's good. That's good. Um, because I know that a lot of time in our cultures is that you have to get straight A's. You have mm -hmm. to uh, be a doctor or a lawyer and mm -hmm. all of that. But um, I think this will help, definitely help the younger ones that are not good in school and knowing that you're going to be fine. So can you share um, us a little story of how you venture into entrepreneurship while juggling and the demands of school and family and, you know, friends. Right, got you. Um, so a lot of people now that know me now would know that my first entrepreneurship is pressure washing, but a lot of people that don't know, um, back in middle school, I actually had my first little seed planted for entrepreneurship. So in middle school, seventh grade, I started selling candy in school because our vending machine was always sold out or broken. Wow. So, um from seventh grade all the way to 10th grade, I would carry a backpack and lunch bag and my locker would be full of candy and I would just be selling it out of my, my locker. And my Wait, is that my even legal? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I did get caught and I, they, they did tell me like, calm down, calm down, you know, but my even my teachers bought candy for me, you know, oh. like I just kind of, um, 
I was the solution to a problem at the school at the time, you know. Okay. There wasn't a, any snacks or any candy that people wanted. So I sold Skittles, uh, Snickers, all these other, you know, types of candy. And it went all the way to 10th grade. And then in high school, I hired my first employee, quote unquote. So it was just someone that uh, that was free and they wanted to also sell something with me too. So I gave him a lunch bag full of like $30 of candy. He'll come back empty every day and I'll pay him like $100 a week or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> it, it was my very like most uh, impressive time or impressive accomplishment for that time. I was like probably what, 15 to 17 or 13 to 17. So those four years was very eye-opening. I was like, wow, this is so cool, getting my own money this set. And I got sponsored by my mom, you know, like she'll take me to Sam's Club or Costco and buy these big bulks of candy. Um, and that taught me, like, you know, uh, how to manage certain things like money and stuff like that. You know, like $100 at that time was a lot for me. So being able to pay someone $100 a week was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, and then that kind of rubbed off, and it taught me things later when I started the pressure washing. So I had a sense of risk management. Um, so for example, uh, in middle school, I learned that I should not be trusting people, even though they're my friends and stuff with, uh, owing me stuff. So mm -hmm. one time it got so bad that someone owed me a hundred dollars worth of candy. And mind you, I'm selling each little bar for like a dollar. So right. I basically gave this person a hundred pieces of candy for free. Um, I got paid back, but it taught me like, you know, even though we have a connection and we uh, we're acquaintances, you know, I should be a little bit more, uh, what's the word? Mindful. Mindful of my, you know, yeah. my risks and stuff like that. Um, so that's my first ever venture into entrepreneurship, and now it's kind of just like going on a different scale. It went from selling candy to going to people's houses and pressure washing their driveways and whatnot. And now I think the next entrepreneurship would be some more into the real estate world, mm -hmm. um, but that's a little bit uh, not as easy to get into versus like selling candy and buying a pressure washer. So it takes a little bit more time. So I've been working with you for, what, two months since you got your license? Right. Yeah. And uh, I've seen the growth already. I've seen the way you talk to clients. Um, and I, I mean, I'm very impressed so far. You know, um, obviously, real estate is not coming easy. Right. Um, <laughs> my first two years, I sold one house each year. Wow. You know, um, but you just keep going, right? Just right. like you said, like, you just have to know where your weakness and your strength. And you learn that as you go, you will learn things about people. So that's that's really good. But how do you juggle the demands of, you know, family? Because I know that you are a very family-oriented person, mm -hmm. which I really love that. Mm -hmm. And having, like, your friends and, you know, relationships, things like that. Like, how do you manage all of that? Because at 20 years old, I mean, mm -hmm. that's when I first met. Well, I, I met Sam, like, a year before that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't have a business, right. you know. And, um, I mean, I was going to school, but it was a hit and miss kind of thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how did you manage that? Um, so my family knows that I'm always hard work. I'm always busy. Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, I always played games and stuff. So they assumed that I was playing games all the time. But then when I realized, like, you know, I'm going to work, I'm working like three, four jobs or three jobs at most at, at a time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to school and this and that. They understand that I'm always busy. So balancing time with family. Um, it's more understanding because they know when I'm home, I'm home. Like at nine o'clock after that, I'm home. I'm eating dinner with them. Or I'm just talking with them and whatnot. So that's not too hard. With friends, as I grew older, as soon as I turned 18, that's when you're like a little bit more free. You have a car, you can drive and party and do whatever. It kind of opened my eyes to I needed to select the people I needed to be around. So my high school friends, I either had to cut some off or spend more time with the ones that are focused. And then now my circle is very small where everyone that I'm with, they're really good at something I'm not good at. So it's like a circle of growth. Um, they're all motivated in their own way. Just like yesterday, I haven't ran all year. And yesterday, one of my friends that runs like seven miles a day, I asked him, you want to go on a run to Stone Mountain? And just being around him makes me want to just work out more. 
you know, just do more for myself. So um, balancing friends, that's not too hard when you're around the right people, but you have to know who's good and who's bad for you. And relationships, um, I have not really been focusing on relationships until now. Uh, you know, I did find someone that uh, made me feel some type of way. So I am trying to balance that. As far as balance of that, I don't think it's too hard because she's also family oriented. So it's just, it's a, uh, it's like a full circle. So it's not very, it's not like three branches trying to balance. It's all one big branch that you're trying to understand. That that's that's very impressive for a very very young man in in this. I feel like this world right now, mm. um, there's a lot of people who focus on so much on just looking good, social mm. on social media, you know, um, and just being light. Mm. So how tell us a little bit about the when you were going through it that mm. just kind of um, being selective with your friends and in a way it sounds bad but filter them out mm. so how do you do that because I know a lot of young especially young entrepreneurs like you get into that moment where you want to be liked but you know where you want to go in life mm. and you want to make sure that you have you know you're on the right path Right. Mm. I mean, you are very on you on a very much right path. But how do you filter all of that out? Mm. Um, filtering your friends isn't necessarily business oriented. It's you have to have standards and morals. Um, you don't have to be in a business mindset to understand that. Okay, if I drive my friend and he doesn't offer to pay gas money or just say thank you at least, mm -hmm. you know, he's not a good friend. Or if this person always comes to me with problems, they they want me to be their therapist. But when I want someone to talk to, they're not there. You know, that's not a good friend. So filtering friends is not really business oriented, like I said. Um, but once you understand that, uh, when you do get into the business mindset, it's not uh, a big hurdle. Um, I feel like people. They focus on the business, and then when they go back to their, their same group of friends, it's they have to relearn how to be friends with them again because now they feel like they're in a different league. Um, for me, I made that made sure that even if I do get into a different league, those friends are always solid. They're always loyal to me. You know, They always will be there for me regardless of where I am or what I do. Wow. I honestly think that we need more episode with Andrew. However... So I, I think today we're not going to have enough time. And I think we, 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 we should have a different episode. But more than that, um, so Andrew works with La Tabaru State Group. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, um, how do you like working there? What's, what is it about real estate that you want to get into? Because you're so young. I mean, I can imagine, like, by the... <laughs> I mean, I think Georgia needs to realize who we have here in th <laughs> in ten years. By the time he's thirty, mark my word, this guy is gonna be one of the hottest real estate agent in Georgia. So tell us a little bit about working there. Um, so for Latep, I've known the group for about five six months, and I've been a licensed realtor for about two months. Mm -hmm. um, just before I joined Latep, I was working at Tesla as a salesperson. And I was also juggling a medical assistant job in the morning. So I would go to elementary school to test kids for COVID um, from like 5 to 7. And then I will clock in at work from 10 to 6. So I was working two jobs. And then um, while I'm working at Tesla, every single person that bought these, you know, decked out cars with full specs and their paint cash, I asked them, what do you do? How do you afford this? You know, and I get like some answers like I'm a doctor, I'm an engineer. And I get a lot of answers about I own this, I own that. I'm, a, uh, I'm real estate related. So it just kind of made sense for me to move into the next level of making the big purchase of someone's life. You know, a car is very big for somebody, and that's the second biggest purchase they'll make in their life, but a house is the number one majority of the times. 
So it made sense for me to go into uh, real estate and for me to pick LaTeP specifically. At that time, I had a friend that wanted to go into real estate and he was struggling to get that motivation, discipline to get into it. So what I told him was, you know, um, we had a course. So the course was about to expire for him. So I told him, I'm going to buy the course for us. We're going to do this together. We're both going to get licensed at the same time. And then we're going to be real estate agents together. Obviously, that didn't work out because he's not in my life anymore. But um, having him, he planted that seed for me and it grew from there. And once I started getting that course done, I realized, okay, once I get this course, where do I go? You know, after I get my license, I don't have a team to join. So I w- remember he told me Latep, and Latep is a Vietnamese group, and I see you guys are always at festivals and this and that. So I was like, okay, they're community-oriented too, so that's something that's important to me. So I reached out because I was doing my pressure washing at the time. I was reaching out, asking for a referral program, like, can I uh, basically be your personal pressure washer? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get a response or anything from them, <laughs> and I got one response from an agent saying he didn't need it, but – um, it did open the door for someone to invite me in for an interview for a receptionist job, and I took that. And ever since then, I uh, did a receptionist job, got my license, and here I am. As far as how it's going right now, it's um, it's a new concept, a new world for me, so I don't expect it to go super smooth, but it has been very educational, very insightful, I would say. met a lot of new people, and I've realized that I'm not as smart as I am, you know, like, um, before coming in, I know that even if I think I'm smart, I should be the quietest one to learn the most from everybody else. And it just got reinforced as I got into real estate, being around investors, being around, um, other brokers and this and that, it just has taught me, you know, like I just don't know a lot yet. So, so yeah. years ago, um, I had a mentor that told me, don't ever be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. So even if you know, you keep quiet. So that's what I always do. I kind of keep quiet and just kind of learn from everybody. Cause it's always good to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think our time is all probably almost up, which we're going to bring Andrew back. However, so Laptop Group does have or will have a real estate podcast um, that is actually ran by Cindy Huynh and Andrew. Mm-hmm. So everybody just, you know, kind of tune in for that. But we'll make more announcement on that later. But um, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming in and talking to us today. And I think it's really going to open up um, a lot of our eyes, even when we're older. Because um, I know a lot of us, especially in the Vietnamese community, even at my age or your parents' age, we're still trying to fit in. You know, so for someone young, that knowing that you don't have to fit in, that your career or your life is more important than trying to fit in and filter out and have your small circle. And I I think that's really, really great. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, New Year's is coming up. So there are a few New Year's festivals going around um, on February 3rd. I believe there's going to be one in um, Morrow Mm -hmm. or the 6th. The first weekend of February is going to be in Morrow. Um, that's also going to be in Savannah. And the next weekend um, on the 11th is going to be um, at the Grand Ballroom. I believe the community also have on the same weekend with Morrow. So anybody on the south, you can go to tomorrow. And then everybody on the north can go to the one in Norcross and... Uh, if you want, in the morning, you can go in the north. And then in the afternoon, you can go in the south, two at once. But regardless, we're just going to celebrate our New Year's. And I wish everybody a happy New Year and happy New Year to Andrew. I really wish you a, the best of luck this year. And we're gonna, definitely going to have you back. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening.